0: Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, I'm Jack Ricks, Top Gear Magazine's editor, joined by Ollie Marriage, Ollie Q and Rowan Horncastle, and it's time for another magazine companion This is issue 370, I think am I I keeping you right they keep going up I know (laughs) that (laughs) once once every four weeks this is issue 370 now uh, it's the one that's got the Valkyrie on the front cover that's what I know Um, we've done a a separate podcast on that which went live last Wednesday so by all means go and listen to that one after you've listened to this because there's some fascinating stuff Um, there's an interview with Chris Harris on an aeroplane so please don't miss that (coughs) Um, plenty of other stuff uh, this issue that we want to dive into but before we get into that let's go around the room what have we been up to i've been driving some old cars we've been filming
1: some of those progress reports mm, right. to how old Beardy. well yeah these <laughs> ancient things from back in the year 2000. Ah, uh, so i was already doing were you by born then, then. I, I was but i wasn't driving so yeah. i was reacquainting so God, myself. What, what were you driving uh so we've done some um some progress reports with we've, so we've got an audi s3 that we're running in the, the long-term fleet at the moment we've had uh, uh, the original Audi S3, see what the progress has been there. We've uh, seen how extreme the Porsche Cayman has got, putting a GT4 RS up against the 2.7 Two point seven classic Porsche Cayman. Uh, uh, who was... would who would buy one of those two point seven oh, classics? You know, They're a, terrible a connoisseur of <laughs> bargains. <my friend.
2: laughs>
1: what about you, Ron? What have you been
3: up to? Uh, I've well, we've been working on future projects, which I can't talk about too much. But we've also been looking at a lot of the stuff that's going on in America, because America yeah. since COVID has been quite interesting. That the American release schedule, where we couldn't get over there, is delayed. So, Ollie, you've just come back from driving the z06 which is actually quite an, well not it's not a brand new car for us now but it is for our audience which is very exciting and we've been looking at other things we can do in america but i've also been driving the bmw m8 mm-hmm. for some mileage because um jack was sharing an xc40 and an m8 yeah and i had to do some distance so i obviously took the petrol powered car which was cheaper than having to uh, take the Volvo and then charge on a you know a h- expensive seventy odd p per kilowatt hour charge on Where the motorway. You charging? Ionity. I didn't yeah. want to name a br- I didn't want to name a brand, but yeah, you've no, done they that. Are, they are <laughs> they are horrifically Ooh, expensive. Be careful talking yeah, about yeah. EV charging, you be in witness. Well, protection. In, infra- <laughs> infrastructure. I'm not going to talk about that, but well, I'm doing that. So. Interesting,
0: you mentioned the MA because I was going to talk about that. Um, I had it. We've got this sort of long term timeshare thing going on at the moment um and my challenge was could it work as a family car over half term i've got two small kids and the answer is Yes, if you want your kids to be slightly unhappy, uh, oh, sorry. it was it was great Great in the front of the car, me and Lucy. Oh, we were in uh, luxury. The, the children that, that's behind his wife, by the way. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Good <laughs> to get some consumer listening. advice at the
0: top of the pod, though. If you
1: want a hundred thousand pounds, six hundred horsepower BMW, one hundred fifty thousand pounds. Yes. I apologise. One hundred fifty grand. Buy the M8 Grand Coupe. So you get the back door.
0: No, but then as I discovered when I started crunching the numbers, um, you're absolutely right. If you are going to have people of any shape and size in the back at any point get the grand coupe. But at that point, well maybe just get an M five because it's twenty five grand cheaper and every bit as good to drive. But then if you're gonna get that, save another twenty-five and get an M3 touring because you can fit more stuff in the back. You can bring the dog along.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well so, do you, you know, want to hear that's... this is actually also what I've been up to. I've got one of those clever Photoshop wizards that are on the internet in in Instagram. I went and drove the M3 touring as well and I thought, wow, wouldn't this M8 be great with a boot on the back of it? So I've got him to render an M8 Grand Coupe touring.
2: Ooh, oh, we're so, not just
3: reviewing cars, we're creating
0: our yeah, exactly. you own. Know, you know, you can just ask AI tools these days to do. It.
3: <laughs> oh, no, well, I asked a man and I, I paid him with actual money and everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that's that's, that's on TopGear.com if you want to check that out. A human being. Anyway, Ollie, what have been actually driving some F1 well, cars yeah, sideways?
2: About- <laughs> <laughs> I've been driving the new Mercedes SL63 uh, recently, um, which is a very curious car. I was going to say, have you worked out what it's for and who it's aimed at. Well, you and I have both driven it, haven't you? Yeah, haven't I'm we? not sure. And I'm not. It's a weird one because in my head, an SL is a big cruisy barge hmm. of a thing. But they've now Mercedes has now decided it's now an AMG car. So it shares a lot with the AMG GT, which we've never been completely sure about. We like the GTR and the Black Series, but the other ones could be a bit snatchy and fighty. They weren't particularly smooth drivers cars, and I don't think the new SLs moved it on a bit from there. But it's still quite a It's quite. It just doesn't quite know what it wants to be for me. It's got four seats, so you could have used it for your half-term trip with kids, just. um, (laughs) But it's, yeah, and it's just a bit of a mishmash. Yeah, those back seats
1: are really token, aren't they? But then that doesn't fit with it being a proper hardcore AMG sports car. And yet it's still got the big thrown chairs that want to massage you and blow warm air on your neck. And then you look at the rest of it inside and you have to go into the touchscreen to put the roof down.
0: And then which the roof is, a is nightmare. down, yeah. you can't see the screen. And so they, as yeah. any regular listeners will know, nothing enrages Olly Q more <laughs> than... than Touchscreens. ...than something on a touchscreen <sighs> yeah, yeah. that could be a physical a, I have to
2: say, though, that is a daft idea. I know there is a shortcut where you can double-press the roof button and the roof goes down, Which, but there's nothing to tell you that is a yeah, yeah. secret shortcut. Instead, what you have to do is press the button and then the screen comes up to say it'll help you lower the roof, which you can do it up to 30 miles an hour. But you have to hold a slider across on the screen and of course there's nothing a touchscreen likes more than a car bumping along a road (laughs) making your finger shake but so what happens is that you move the slider there's a bumpy bit on the road your finger comes off the screen momentarily the roof stops and then you have to reset the system and start the sliding process again and then the traffic speeds up to over 30 30 miles an hour and there you are with the roof and and meanwhile the
1: guys behind you in the van are laughing themselves (laughs) silly at you driving along with a half dismantled car also,
3: yeah. there's another variable as well because you're only going to be putting the roof up or down with a mm. weather change. So it's probably spitting yeah. onto your touchscreen at the same time, so your fingers <laughs> slipping off.
0: Oh yeah, and yeah. the touchscreen's getting all complete. wet. Like, yeah, why uh, is there 82 fingers trying to <laughs> touch me yeah, yeah.
2: <sighs> So it's all a bit yeah. It's just they've they've obviously gone and put it in a design studio and gone. Oh, this makes sense where people can just do this, but mm. it's no not Merck reality. and aimed you in a bit of a tough like kind of communication role currently
3: because you're just so used to amg being the sledgehammer v8 in a hot rod car Mm. but now with the EQE amgs it's quite hard for your brain to associate with that with the c63 now having the big v8
0: four-cylinder hybrid now instead and
3: then the amg now doing these sls um, it's a
2: transition period for them isn't it and i've i'm at the moment i think it's possibly it's we don't quite understand what mercedes is trying to do so where are they going what are mm. they doing with these cars what's the big message that's going to become clear, but I maybe no one knows. I think every all these companies doing sports brands and trying to do sports cars, and do, uh, you know, they've only got their sort of back catalogue to look at. Yeah, they're all going, Well, what is this new thrust into electricity and everything else? Where where are our cars going? How do we make them exciting to drive?
3: Well, we mm. also saw this week as well that um, G63 in a puffer coat for the Montclair. <laughs> yeah, kind yes. of I, think, that, going yeah, on I there. think that's yeah.
0: definitely the direction of performance cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, cars wearing clothes.
3: Well, Beast from These Three is coming in next week, so it is is going to be chilly so you've got to put your puffer jacket on your car so anyway but we're not here to talk just no. about that we're here to talk about the new issue so, and all the things in it
0: as i said loads of loads of stuff going on in this issue um the valkyrie we've dealt with separately because that deserved 45 minutes an hour all of its own um so other things going on here Oli q you made some f1 predictions for 2023 and we should note here that um this pod will go out after the first race has already been completed. So some of these predictions will already be been proved. But legally be- I am watertight. <laughs> you, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. My
1: cast iron predictions cannot be argued with because this was written not only before the Formula 1 season started but before Drive to Survive dropped on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> before I had the goss, I was inspired by, you know, you know in, in yearbooks. Maybe you guys had a yearbook when you left school. I had I had one, but an American only did that
0: in America, yeah. I know
1: it's me. a bit of one of these things we've imported from American culture. We didn't have a glee club at school, but we did have one of those yearbooks that said Did you all sign your hoodies as well yeah you sign that and then you nominate people like oh who's the most likely in the year to win an Olympic medal who's the most likely to get kicked out of uni what would you get yeah
3: yeah Uh, were you an Olympian or were you thrown out of uni Uh, I
1: was Mr. Olympia actually
2: uh, (laughs)
1: who's the male model contract where did it all go wrong but um, I was thinking, surely there's got to be some consensus on F1 predictions. So this started seriously. I was thinking most likely to, you know, who can stop Max Verstappen? Who is the most likely to stop Red Bull getting a third Probably title Verstappen, on the Max Verstappen, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> falling out temper. with Sergio yeah. Perez and having yeah. some sort of Barney on track. But, you know, started thinking maybe it's Mercedes coming into form. And from there, it, it's slightly degenerated into just being silly. But I think F1 is being a bit silly these days, you know. We've tried to survive; they're embracing the, the the mayhem and the soap opera of it. So I thought we would as well. So yeah, check out the latest issue for some. But you know, before you are placing your bets, your sportsman's bets on F one this year, we know what's up. We know who's likely to be grounded and banned from their PlayStation. I'm give us some ex-
0: Give us some
3: examples then
0: of what I, I, I've got it here. I've got it here in front of me. So most likely to be grounded and banned from playing on their PlayStations. Yeah, so this is McLaren's drivers. They've got
1: a new driver lineup this year. Lando Norris remains, but Oscar Piastri comes in, the Aussie who you might remember snubbed Alpine brilliantly on Twitter (laughs) last year and said, I don't fancy driving your car, thanks. So McLaren have got a driver lineup, you know, basically two foetuses with a combined age of about three. And they're being (laughs) let loose in a car that seems to be underperforming. So I can see that just turning into... Mayhem because you've got these two super ambitious guys. You finally achieved their dream. They've got Formula One seats. The car underneath them appears to be a bit ropey, yeah. and that can only lead to midfield fireworks. Yeah. Elsewhere, I always th- also thought I want to help the readers enjoy their summer. So as well as the weekends not to miss, you've got to part yourself in front of the TV when Silverstone's on because it suits the new cars. There's a wicked atmosphere. You can't even hear the engines over the crowd. It's fantastic. But the weekend to spend in the garden, I've gone for it. Monaco, don't bother watching it. Why do it to yourself? It's boring as heck. Qatar Grand Prix is back this year. That's another absolute car park. You know, that's (laughs) the one. Go and spread the manure on the petunias and, you know, leave poor old Martin Brundle to it, I'm
3: afraid. Oh, poor old Martin. (laughs) Well... That's F1 done Top Gear style, <laughs> so uh, you tuning in. I'm, I'm,
0: I don't need to watch it, to be honest, you know. Uh, we'll just
3: watch Drive to Survive and just see Total Shadow. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah.
0: I'm just watching F1 on a year-long lag. The
3: pantomime, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, loads of other stuff going on. Uh, what else should we talk about? So, the um, the Ferrari Pura Sangue. Ah, Tom Ford's been driving is, that, hasn't he? Tom yeah. Ford. So, this is the small matter of Ferrari's first ever SUV although they continue to insist on telling us it's not an SUV I mean it doesn't really matter what we call it does it it's a it's It's a a, it's a four-door four-wheel drive Ferrari with back seats I think they insist it's not an SUV because it's got individual rear seats so and you cannot buy it with a bench seat so for them, that oh, is. No. Absolutely... Is this the
2: point of differentiation? Because yeah. that seems a little tenuous. I mean,
0: yes, I mean exactly. <laughs> who, who, you know, who cares? It's it's a Ferrari, that, but they'll
2: sell all they get, use... all they can, even though it's an absolute fortune. Oh, yeah, aren't they sold out for like two or three
1: years already? Even though it costs like just under four hundred grand before, before you stick a badge yeah. on the flank of it. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, so, so, the most controversial car of the year, selling well there. <laughs> well, exactly.
3: we need to speak to one man about
0: it. We do. So the, so the idea um, here, we, we we got the invite from Ferrari to come and drive it in Italy. But normally, um, I think we've all been on a Ferrari launch here. It's usually rock up at Fiorano few laps, and then a few hours up in the hills and get the car back before five o'clock or, yeah. you know, yeah. bad things are going to happen. bit faster in the middle. Yeah, yeah. and three <laughs> weeks of PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas this, we actually got um, let loose in the Dolomites for, for, for a good couple of days. So we got to cover some distance, experience some adverse weather conditions. Um, but look, let's uh, let us let Wookie tell the story of what happened on the Purisangwe launch. Should we get him on? Let's do it. Wookie, you've driven a Ferrari. I have uh, a Ferrari Puro, sangi. puro right? Sangue. Puro oh, Sangue. You have you to it. say it with an Italian accent, or it
4: sounds rubbish. So Puro, everybody. Puro, puro. Sangue. 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 Puro Sangue. Thoroughbred. Bread. Thoroughbred.
2: Very thoroughbred.
4: So the literal translation is pure blood. But yeah. if you finesse it a bit, it's thoroughbred. So it's handy for the horse thing. When you mm. say finesse it, is that you just give it another... <laughs> you actually translate it properly. That's yeah, that's yeah. That works. <laughs> yes, it's Ferrari's first... Now, this is where it gets complicated because it's Ferrari's first four-door, four-seat, lifted car, but it's not an SUV. It's
0: a Ferrari utility vehicle, which is different to a sports utility vehicle, right? Apparently. But hang on, a sport SUV—the meaning of that has got lost completely because we call, you know, a Skoda Kamiq is an SUV. Absolutely. Technically, but there's nothing sporty about it. No. Quite rightly. It's just a class. Whereas this is the sportiest UV there's ever been.
4: Well, the the irony being that we've all tested recently some really heavy-hitting, big things that have got hatchbacks and four doors. So, DBX707, mm. that kind of stuff, you know, Urus. Mm. They are technically SUVs that go very, very fast. I happen to think that Porto Sangue is something else. Ooh. So, Ferrari being all... Ferrari's got quite chippy about it not being they said Sergio Marchione back in about 2016 said at the Geneva Motor Show that Ferrari would not I'm paraphrasing would not mess with SUVs wouldn't do one then everybody's sort of had to think about it and the technology's changed quite a bit and the market's changed and they've decided they need to do a car that's not a super sports car now, the GTC4 Lusso and what was the um, FF, which I adored exactly. because they were a bit more useful, are still too low. And I suspect there's a little bit of an eye on China, which has got really bad roads and people who've got bad hips who want to slide into a car and not get down to it. So they've brought out this car. It is not as big and as kind of blocky as anything else on the road. And it looks a whole lot different when you get it out on the street. It's really because it's
2: not is it based on the underpinnings of anything else no. from Ferrari it's completely no.
4: unique. it's completely new. it's very wide, but it's quite it's shorter than you think and a lot lower than you think, but it also weirdly it looks like two cars so there's a design where the wheel arches sort of run and un, they're undercut, so the wheel arch is sort of separate to the bodywork of the car and it's carbon in in most cases, and then it runs along the cylinder over the other bit, so the bottom of the car looks like. A, a chassis with a, a kind of squat coupe plonked on top. Mm.
0: Really interesting. I design. noticed that
4: in the pictures actually. And I saw, saw, saw you put your some hands sort in of
0: Optical the... illusion, but no, no, the gap was there. Yeah,
4: it's real. But then they've done stuff like it's a it's a V twelve and it's a front mid mounted V12. Honestly that V12 is so far back in the bay. Yeah. It's it's in your own crotch. You've got cylinders <laughs> like 8 and 12 stuffed up under, yeah. your, under your knees. It's mad. And no yeah. hybrid on it. No hybrid. There's a 48 volt electrical system, but that um this is where you lot got really angry with me about talking about suspension. Oh my god, the suspension on it! <laughs> it's incredible. It's got a 48-volt um, electrical system
0: that just supports the suspension. Yeah. And it's got um, sport anti-roll
2: and all that. Oh, it hasn't got anti-roll bars. So is it like okay, is it yeah, yeah. The,
0: the only suspension that I ever got my head around but didn't really of this type was made McLaren's kind of hydraulically... Interlinked. Interlinked, interlinked hydraulics. Because yeah. there was no... All I uh, figured out there was no anti-roll bars and there was something very clever going on that yeah. kept it slightly more supple than it should be, but it could support you in corners when, when it When he went to. quickly. Well, yeah. the, the trick that Ferrari's always they worried about was that
4: if you're going to do a practical car it's got to be quite comfy but it's also got to be like a ferrari because if it was just an suv that was based on something else it would be a bit i mean you could they could have based it on the tonale yeah you know they could have done something rubbish well they couldn't but you know what i mean so they had to come up with a technical solution to getting ride comfort and a big fat because they're still quite heavy it's still a couple of tons plus to handle like a ferrari so it's got Multimatic spool valves in it. Now, before everyone starts banging their head off the podcast table. I going to go make a cup of tea. Cheers. <laughs> they, these things are amazing. I've driven them. We've all driven them. But can you think what in? What had spool Ooh, valves? Rumpers. I know you've driven one. I'm sure you both have driven it as well. Yeah, A Ford GT. Very good. Oh. Ooh. Didn't cheat or anything. <laughs> Very good. Uh, also, probably, I think I'm possibly the only one that's driven one of these. Might give you. A clue. God knows. 177 Aston Martin. Oh. Okay. Um, they're basically uh, compression and rebound. They've got separate supports for both. It's got a little electric motor with a gearbox in it. Yeah. So the gearbox. On each corner. On each corner. So technically that car has five transmissions because <laughs> it's got five gearboxes.
0: Excellent. And four electric motors. Despite <laughs> yeah, it not being hybrid. Yeah, four yeah. electric
4: motors without being a hybrid. <laughs> but it means that it can adjust so quickly and across each individual wheel that you don't need anti-roll bars. What in theory this gives you is suppleness when you're just cruising around and yet really good body control. And oh my God, I hate to say this, but it works.
3: Right. When I hear like Ferrari utility vehicle, I want, like, titanium leaf springs up. or something.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, <laughs> yeah. is that where yeah. they've just Some taken... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Magnesium. So, so, but does it drive like a Ferrari, then? Do, do, uh, compare it to a GTC4 Lusso for me, because I'm with you, I love that car. Okay, so, the the
4: most impressive thing about the Porto Sangue is that it feels like a Ferrari, and the fact that you end up sitting... It's weird, because you're getting all the impressions of a Ferrari, but you're sat in the wrong place in terms of your relationship to the road. So... The, the easiest way to describe it is probably steering and the feeling of mass. You know, like a GTC4 Lusso, pretty much any Ferraris, you, th- you kind of think them into a corner. So they're all off the wrist. You, you turn them mm-hmm. and they dart. A Porto Sangue doesn't do that, but it still settles like a Ferrari and still grips like a Ferrari and then makes all the same noises as a Ferrari would do and has that same sense of positivity. So when you turn it, it goes. Yeah. So there's probably lotuses and race cars that are a bit like that. They go, but in the Sangue, you use your forearms, not just your wrists. Mm, Yeah. But you know those fast things we were talking about earlier that are really heavy and really big? They sometimes give me sort of a sense of seasickness because they they feel fake. Especially some of the fast Audis, weirdly. Some of the fast SUV Audis. You know when they like a Q8, SQ8? they almost feel fake when they're going around a corner. Mm. Somebody who's done the suspension on the Porto Sangue has made it feel more natural than it possibly is.
3: Mm. Yeah. But how much does that engine make it feel like a Ferrari? Because I was thinking if it had a, a, a the V8 in it rather than the V12, would it mentally put you somewhere else than just... But a, a V12 in that body style is just a bit mad, and I like... There's
4: something so special about a V12 yeah. still, and one that goes high, you know, when you're revving it hard. This one's interesting because it's got bits and. Yeah, you know, competizione in the in the block and uh, funny exhaust, and so you've got quite a lot of torque from low down. So when you just when I first got in it and I was just rolling around, I thought it was a little bit meh, like not really revving it. It was very nice, but I wasn't that impressed. When you start
2: kicking it. That's when it comes alive, and the whole car suddenly feels like a Ferrari. There's nothing Does, it, that, does, that does it feel a bit slow low down then, or do you need, or is it just you just got to get it going a bit? Do You no, have to drive it, it just, like a Ferrari to make it feel like a Ferrari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. will it just do the? It will. It will. It's very
3: rapid.
4: charge torque, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I liked it was because it's it's rapid low down, but as soon as you, there's so much more after like five thousand RPM. And usually we're getting to the end of turbo engines at five or six grand, and this is like. <gasps> and surely they're just
0: <laughs> surely they're just softening us up by launching with the V twelve, so we all get all gooey eyed and love it, and then they're gonna. There's a V six hybrids going to follow, and I asked V8 about that version they wouldn't or... comment on
4: future product. Ferrari yeah. never does. Um, the the V eight would fit. The thing with Ferrari customers are, when they found out they had more twice as many orders when they found out it was a V twelve. Yeah. So people and you'll make want, more money
0: on a V12 because you can charge more.
4: There's <coughs> way over two year waiting list already. Yeah. That car starts in the UK at about three hundred and thirteen thousand pounds. I spec one on the configurator like just for fun. It was well over four hundred. And if you can make that sort of money on a car like that, the interesting thing though is that
2: it's you know it's actually quite practical. Well, this was my next question I wanted to ask: Is it notably more practical than the GTC4Lusso? Yeah, it is straight up. Yeah. Cool.
4: um the, the the back doors themselves are independent they're suicide they're on a single yeah bar. how do you have to open the front before the back well, or nope. they, completely they can open the WI three style yeah. no, completely independent so they're trying to do um a, a monocoque without the, the the B pillar yeah but it was just not torsionally rigid enough so it's kept a B pillar the front doors open normally the back doors open the other way so suicide style there's a little tab like um on a Ford Mustang uh Mackie mm-hmm. you know, like oh, yeah, tabby yeah, yeah. thing yeah it's electric. So you just pull it and hold it, pops, and it comes out. And then when you're in it, there's a button, because you can't reach it if you're in the back seat. You
2: you need an elbow that goes the other way, I guess.
4: Yeah, four seats only, but the seats in the back are the same as sort of look like the ones in the front. So you don't feel like you've got, like, the kid's seat in the back. And when you're in the boot, the boot's not huge, but it's got a hatchback. Then there's, like, a false bulkhead with the backs of the seats and a luggage cover. And I was like, oh, that's all right. And then you realise you can unclip the luggage cover and the false bulkhead and it all tucks under the floor Press two buttons, the back seats fold flat.
3: Which is, yeah. I, I, I need to urge everyone to go to the YouTube channel and watch this because it, it was a bizarre um, sequence in a Ferrari review where it was basically like you're a a Sorento you are on Sorrento or something because <laughs> yes. you ended up folding parcel shelves into cubby holes and then, print, yeah. which you don't get in Ferrari. So <laughs> I was like, where am no. I at this point? And then
2: there's also a V12 engine that screams at the front. Yeah. But so Ferrari's er- little used ergonomics department have suddenly gone, oh, we've, we've got an SUV thing. to play so with. They dusted a man <laughs> off to go, oh, right,
3: yeah. Can you please sort out some the, luggage space for us?
2: There was actually a man who showed me how to do that.
4: Uh, but I was I would, but that's the point, isn't it? You're looking at a Ferrari going, "Okay, that's actually all right. That's yeah. pretty practical. That's they're really they're doing like bike carriers and ski carriers and all the things that Ollie will try and bolt onto it." Exactly. And after work had sold. a word,
0: they're doing a fairly major roof rack. Yeah, they'll do a <laughs> yeah, roof rack, rack road with road some tires.
4: Extra. But the, these things Spotlights. have never really been official Ferrari. Uh, accessories before, yeah. and they're going to be made of carbon fiber. Mm. It cost a million pounds.
3: That's <laughs> the thing, yeah. When you when you've got a four hundred grand SUV, you're not going to have a cheap rally bike, are you? You're going to have something that's very expensive. I would
4: love to put a grifter <laughs> on the top. Of <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, you were out in the Dolomites for it. Uh, yeah. Oh god! And then it chucked it down with snow because um, you got more time than we normally do with fry because normally we quite did. economical with the time that we get in the car. Were you thankful that you had a fuv? Um,
4: for that day when it s- <laughs> s-
3: snowed, Fove,
4: I got to Fove. Um, it was horrific. The the whole thing was basically it was a comedy of errors. We went. We had bespoke sort of Pirelli snow tires on the Ferrari. Ferrari went everywhere. It's not hugely four wheel drive. It's rear wheel drive with some a little yeah. bit of a sniff from the front. <laughs> it's axle. A reluctantly, it's sent a Ferrari to yeah. the front. like the GT4 Lusso. Yeah. yeah, like it's just everywhere. We we had a. A hire car that was on summer tyres. Um, and it snowed quite a lot and it was pretty bad.
0: Do you and care then, to name and shame the hire car? Or? <laughs> uh,
4: I think I've erased it from my memory. memory. It was so traumatic. The hire car, we got it halfway up the hill.
0: It's got to be a
3: Fear Group product, yeah. hasn't it? it, it was, isn't that part was of the rule Jeep for all? It's yeah. It was front wheel yeah. drive.
4: And the hire car company apparently says winter tires or snow chains. Of course, they don't change their entire fleet to winter tires. So they had the cheapest... The, the snow chains were made of Kit Kat wrappers. <laughs> so the little foil... Uh, we put the snow chains on the car. It went f- about 300 yards. And I went, oh my God, it's working. And as I said the words, <laughs> it's working. It snapped the snow chain, wrapped it around the axle. And we spent three hours trying to get recover Uh-oh. the chase car oh, no. because ferrari had said we were not under any circumstances allowed to put all the photography equipment into the ferrari because it might damage the boot area was, it, was remember, it leather clad no. remember
0: don't put things in your boot it might it damage, might damage it
4: so we i was being trying to be a good boy and then because it was so snowy you've got 700 odd horsepower v12 and if it's that snowy it's fun but you're not testing the car you have no clue how fast it oh, is yeah. or how fast it will go around a corner. I was laughing, but... It, just practicing your drifting skills. Yeah, yeah, and not very good at it. <laughs> but the, it helps with the forward drive part, mm. anyway. Um, so the next day, which we don't usually get, we drove for three hours, shot the entire video on a dry piece, a really good bit of road, and then drove back, but... In terms of doing the usual adventure stuff, we just didn't have time. It was like trying to figure out what that car was like with so much technical sort of depth to it was the priority, and we drove a lot. I think I did... We did probably more than a 1,000 miles, and if you think we filmed all of that as well and did all the photography, we used every single bit of that
3: time. Yeah, and a few SD cards, it sounds like, as well. But with this new Ferrari that... Is a utility vehicle. We've done some adventurous stuff in the past. Is there 612 that went around the world? and. Oh, I, drew, the I, drove
4: across, across.
3: I drove one across
4: Ecuador and Peru and um, down the death roads, you know, all those kind of oh, stuff. Yeah.
3: But like, does this now give us more options than ever, this car, to I've... take a Ferrari somewhere we've
4: never been before?
0: where are you going to adventure it? <laughs> I already have a plan. Once you've <laughs> recovered from the funny, trauma, you should
4: mention refrax, but I, no, I it's not. A, it's not a mud plugger. This is the interesting thing. This is a car that's rear-wheel drive with a front axle helper. That is not an off-roader. That is a fast on-road car that could probably handle a bumpier road. Yeah. So if you want to take it down, a it would be a very expensive, very good desert racer. Ooh. But it's not. I'm something liking at thinking bar half one. thousand. It mm. is then that kind of thing because <laughs> it's so rear drive. Like yeah. at one point, I put it on sheet ice just to see what the hell the front axle was doing because I wasn't sure it was doing anything. Yeah, and if you, I did uh, naughtily did a couple of launches on a slippery surface. You watch what it does. It just spins the rears. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, when they've been spinning a
2: bit. The front goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have the same modes as other fries? No. So you've got that. So you still got a Manatino, though, I guess.
4: Still got a Manatino, but I can't remember exactly what they are because I keep forgetting and I don't care. But the um, <laughs> instead of race, it's got sport and then ESC off. So there's no race mode, but okay. it's got Is that, wet snow. Mm.
2: Wet and snow, even it's sort of in nor, snowy mode, it's still all it's going just to the back rear until. drive. Yeah. I mean, even when you're
4: skidding around a corner, you've got opposite lock on for a bit and then it tugs the front straight. Yeah. So I suggest it'll probably do that a bit. You'll feel it a bit more on a, dry, on a sort of dry tarmac road, but it is not a four-wheel drive car yeah. in the strictest sense.
0: Clearly not what it's designed for, but getting one on track might be quite interesting. I think that
4: will be real. Yeah. And also on the tyres that it was designed for, not the snow tyres. Mm. Well, they were designed for the car, but on yeah. normal road tyres, on a track, I don't, th- even if like a DBX 707 could keep up with it, it wouldn't have the finesse. I yep. just one's a hammer, one's a scalpel. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you to work out which one was which I like the hammer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the drifty hammer. At well, I love the of the year, it, wasn't it? That's yeah. exciting in itself. Yeah.
4: But I think the the success of this particular Ferrari is the fact that it feels like a Ferrari. And Ferrari have been massively insecure about this car the, the whole time. You know, back in 2016, like they said, they they said they weren't going to do one. The whole time they were like, well, it's, it's got no competitors. There are no... Well, what about the Urus? No, because... What about the DBX? No, that's just not... That's not competition for this car. It's not the same kind of car. It's like, it is. It is. And they're like, <laughs> no. look, it's got a V12. I don't care. It's like yeah. a really expensive SUV. It's not an SUV. Oh my God. I was banging my head off the walls. <laughs> and the interesting thing is that car speaks
0: for itself, but Ferrari just seems really insecure about it. I mean, what do, do It's you, like they're preloaded with the criticism that they expect to get. So they're sort of, Uh, Is that it? They're sort of bristling before you've even... All the time. Yeah. I'm just here to drive a new Ferrari and and see what it's like. They are Ah. ready for you to have a go at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was
4: like, oh, I'm just going to drive the car first. It's not an SUV, though. Well, the weird thing is, if you think about sports utility vehicle in that sector specifically, none of them are. Yeah. And that one is. So it's not that it's not an SUV. It's the only SUV so ferrari's got it completely backwards they're
3: idiots
0: (laughs) and on that note (laughs) we'll 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 leave it there i mean we could do an entire podcast um as as you you slowly spool up to full ramp mode i'm also Um, (laughs) never driving
4: a ferrari again so (laughs) that's fine
0: that's it well i hope you enjoyed your last ferrari drive ever work and uh um yeah i can't wait to have a go myself i mean i was gonna say to get it together with some rivals but it doesn't have any no. so that's not going to we can happen. think of some don't worry yeah we'll cook some up alright cheers work right so what else have we got going on in this issue oh Ollie you went to an auction I think you did talk about this in the last pod a little bit we've talked about it a bit already before yeah.
2: but it was the Barrett-Jackson auction in America which yeah. is yeah just suitably mad it's one of those events where it's all so much hype and everything around it but it was where it's that i really enjoyed writing that story because it's just i enjoyed reading oh good yeah 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 Yeah. It was. what i didn't
0: realize was you could just you you could rock up there with absolutely no intention of buying a car and just have a fantastic day out exactly you know, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. an event not just a stuffy old auction
3: i would definitely come back with some american a muscle car of some sort oh, it's, 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 yeah. they
0: go cheap they go cheap <laughs> it's
2: well i think if, if only the exchange rate was better those cars would be like 10 grand yeah. but they go you, you, 18 under twenty thousand dollars and you pick up some what on looks like good value on the surface at
0: least yeah so you probably weren't drinking because you're a highly professional car journalist who had Work to do, yeah, yeah. Um, but I imagine other people were. How many people <laughs> wake oh, up in the yeah. morning with a hangover and you know, a sort of a 1960s Dodge Charger and go, <laughs> yes. I've done a very bad yeah, thing? I've <laughs> heard of like eBay remorse where people have had a few too many and then, yeah, clicked on a bid, but yeah, yeah doing that at don't know, Im- a bid, yeah, yeah, car auction must be another level. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, that's firmly been added to my bucket list. Um, good news, yes. Um, oh, and then Mark Riccioni's wonderful story so he's been out to japan and doing what mark does which is meeting up with extraordinary people who own extraordinary cars and and the the sort of thrust of this story is why is japan obsessed with putting race cars on the road and and there's that can take lots of different forms right
3: yeah because like our cover story the valkyrie race car for the road you know That's nothing new for people in Japan who are obsessed (laughs) with motorsport, obsessed with cars in every way. Remember that this is the country that gave us drifting, it gave us time attack, and just loves everything that you can do with cars. So when they but I didn't know that they were so obsessed with 90s eras BTCC um, <laughs> and Group A era touring cars to the point that they would then make perfect replicas of yep. them and also their um, motorsport um uh clothing as well to go with it so you can drive them on the street to 711 like you are doing so, a lap at Brands I Hatch. I mean
0: this picture of the, the these three BTCC cars parked Could you try sorry that's Siri having a go there, Not there. <laughs> um this picture honestly these 3 bt these perfect btcc replicas um parked outside the family mart in um in japan it's just Wonderful photography, of course. But then there's other types of racing cars, right?
3: Yeah, so, so. He's, he's he's split the story into sections, which is fantastic because, I don't know, the, the depth that Mark must have gone to to find these people. But he also, yeah, Kanjo Civic Racers, which are, you know, front-wheel drive, um, very Japanese-inspired uh, um, front-wheel drive race cars on circuit that go on the street and traditionally race around Tokyo and Yokohama and other
0: places. But these were designed for uh, the sort of twistier roads, Right? So they're, they're designed to attack the essentially what we're called B roads rather than you know.
3: But also around Osaka, it was that's what I love about Japan is that they basically have their own you know sections of interest, mm. uh, a bit like I don't know how how people in the UK some are more interested in drag than circuit cars etc. But it's very regional in Japan. Anyway, he went and saw those and thrashed around the the, the expressways to yeah. take picture though before going on some more of the extreme and the guys who are into lamborghini trofeos who put on the road and group c race cars uh so they <laughs> slowly one, level up
0: there's a picture that it is actually quite small top right on the uh on the final spread and it's this lamborghini um Gallardo trofeo race car for the road and the number plate it does have a number plate but it looks like it's been gaffer taped on at the very last minute never has a number plate looked like more of an afterthought
3: but how committed yeah. mark is to this uh that he actually has imported back from japan a ferrari race car that he drives on the road in northamptonshire a ferrari so... 360
0: moderner so yeah anyone that goes oh what's this guy's authority on the subject matter uh, yes. He's, yeah. He's this is one. the
3: definitive word on
1: <laughs> why would you want to drive a racing car on the road. This feature just has it all.
0: Exactly. And then finally, well, finally for the in, polar opposite of the yeah, last story, say, isn't the, it? The, the, you couldn't get more opposite. Jason Barlow has been out in South Africa in Franchuk, um driving the the new uh, Rolls Royce Spectre, which is their first ever electric car. Now I remember when they first. Gave us uh, the invite to this thing. Ah, oh, you know, it's 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 an early prototype. It's hot weather testing. The car is going to be camouflaged. You know, we sort of mm, You're screw expecting
1: off a bag of bolts, aren't you? Really?
0: Yeah, bag of bolts, car in a bin bag, kind of thing. And actually, <laughs> Rolls Royce's idea of camouflage it's quite different to everyone else's. Tasteful. It's the finished car with some words down the side saying all electric. Rolls-Royce Spectre so effectively it's not a finished car but um, Jason was driving around South Africa in what appears to be a finished Spectre and surprise surprise it drives like a Rolls-Royce. It's very comfortable. It's very refined. The electric powertrain is the absolute perfect I And mean, if ever there's a brand work.
2: that is designed to run ele- on electric yeah. and has been making noises over its entire life about smoothness and silence and everything else, it's yeah. and it's electricity, Rolls. Yeah, they
3: were very early onto it, you oh, know, yeah. 100 yeah. years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. And like was- the Pura Sangra I talked about earlier, there's rumours abound that this car is selling very well among its intended clientele really? as well, that the Rolls-Royce customers are definitely lapping up, as Ollie just said, the yes. perfect powertrain for... For the world's ultimate luxury car. Yeah, yeah,
3: because if you're being told to buy EVs, which everyone is, by the government, by mm-hmm. legislation, by car manufacturers, if you've got lots and lots of monies, you're not going to go and just buy an MG4. If you've got <laughs> yeah. the money for a Rolls-Royce Spectre and you've been told to buy an electric car, you'll buy an electric Rolls-Royce. So they're going to sell every single one of
0: them. Yeah, and also um, Rolls-Royce is very aware of who its clientele is. Um, and Patrons. Y- y- patrons, <laughs> patrons of luxury. Patrons. Um, you know, they haven't even told us yet how much power and how much range this car has because those things are just a bit uncouth aren't they you know it has enough power it has enough range and really you know the people that are going to buy these are going to waft around london you know or you know in, yeah. in the home counties uh, if they need to go any further they'll just jump in the chopper from, yeah, you know. and there's someone to <laughs>
3: charge it for you, so it's fine. <laughs> there's certainly no need
0: to be driving 300 miles mm. in one of these. No, yeah, Thirty yeah. mile joints uh, jaunts here and there. I should hope it's a biofuel chopper. <laughs> well, of course,
1: because if you're going to be hyper luxury but also have an electric car, you need the fleet to match, right? Rolls Royce are ahead of the
0: game here. Yeah, e fuel, e fuel in the chopper. Um, all right, so that's most of the issue covered. Should we have a little quiz? We've got all of us here. Let's quiz up.
1: Come oh, on, dear. quiz master. What have you got for us this week? Okay, filling me with dread. I was thinking about supercar optional extras, and that led me to the top nine supercar accessories. I'm not oh, interested no. in the car itself. I'm interested <laughs> in the extra bits and bobs that were sold, quite literally sometimes, on top of it, you know, really, really set your exotic apart. So,
2: are you going to give us cars? We've got to guess, or are you going to give us a car and We've got to guess I'm the options.
1: Not, that we're I'm not. I'm not going so far as, as as to give you a car. I think there's <laughs> there's some infamous ones out there. So, I'm, I'm not going to give you a clue. So, no. for
0: anyone listening for the first time, this is um, top nine. So, Ollie writes these brilliant top nines that go in the mag every month, and they're they're online. Um, you know, they are very much um, true to what he wants to write. Often. There are some glaring omissions, let's be honest. And uh, that's what this quiz has highlighted. So this is the nine daftest options for supercars? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. Two
2: guesses each. Two but guesses, guesses what each. I, as, as Jack
1: said, it's what you're trying to guess is not so much the greatest options ever for supercars, the ones that I would find interesting.
3: <laughs> okay, I can go first then. There's that's one the thing. first
0: time you've used that caveat, and it, and it makes so much more This sense means that then.
3: there'll be a McLaren F1 in there somewhere. Uh, oh. I may have a penchant for Gordon <laughs> Berry's masterpiece.
0: Is it just nine accessories you can get with the McLaren F1. It could have been.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just bring up the McLaren F1's luggage, shall we? Ah, uh, I think Is that Rowan. an accessory or was it given with the car? I'm not too sure. Did was it was an optional extra?
1: I'm saying it's an accessory that yeah, oh, okay. to, to the cars, it enhances the ownership experience. It's the correct answer, right? You've got a point straight away already. It's just
2: knowing knowing who's written it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's tailored luggage lockers. Although what's kind of funny about this is that the McLaren F1, yeah, had those luggage lockers that went in the side. Gordon Murray actually didn't he, Jack? When you met him, singled it out it as a bit of the car that. He wasn't that pleased with no. because the lockers opened at a silly angle, a mm-hmm. bit annoying to lift your stuff in. So now he's totally re-engineered yep. it for the T50, which but, has different bespoke luggage. So There you go. Way, that in
0: in you know, in a in a nutshell, that's almost what the T50 is. This is this is Gordon Murray writing those wrongs that we never it's really Gordon Able, as able to sleep at night now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he's <laughs> sorted out
1: how you add the suitcases to your three-seat supercar. Okay, Rowan's okay. got a point. Over to you,
0: Jack. Um, so accessories optional extras I mean it's good I'm going to get this wrong whatever the one that immediately sprung to mind was the uh, the 3 litre CSL and correct me if I'm wrong but wasn't the wing the wing arrived in the boot right in the boot yeah and then you had to bolt it on yourself so technically it was an option or an accessory right yeah Um, Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could argue, is the three-litre CSL a supercar? Well, I don't know. It's, a, it's it one of the, pretty super to me. It's one of the great car stories that... Mm. I'm sorry,
1: Jack, Peter, right your misery. Incorrect answer. <laughs> Not on my list. Yeah, that was a legal loophole, wasn't it? Because it was too tall, the wing, although compared to like a Porsche GT3 RS these days. Teeny little thing, mm. but fair. back then, so outrageous. They had to put it flat pack in the boot and you put it together yourself. Um, so if we were doing top nine illegal...
0: Aero, aerodynamic yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: devices. Yeah. There we go. There's one for the future. Have to be fitted
0: by a dealer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we're not.
2: So we'll <laughs> pass on to Ollie. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> um, I've been over here frantically racking my brains. The only thing I can think of, and I don't even know if it was a proper one, Koenigsegg roof box. Oh, it's is, straight it, straight is it is it on the Stig, list? Stig, well, I remember, Stig, yeah, we put Stig, Stig in, in it because we stuck yeah. Stig in a roof box on a mm. Koenigsegg Agera. This is
1: yeah, this is a star of a, I think it was a Top Gear cover feature, yeah, yeah. and that is a correct answer. Yeah, oh, the Koenigsegg Agera roof box. It was actually now I'm going to struggle to pronounce this. The roof box that starts, it's spelled T H U L E. Is it oh. Tule? Tula. Tula. Yeah. Tula. Yeah, thank Ollie's you, Ollie. I'm big fans in the country. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so this was they were commissioned. This wasn't something that Christian von Koenigsegg went down to the suite. Swedish Halfords and bolted onto his car. They were commissioned to create a carbon fibre roof box that didn't disrupt the aero of a 250 mile an hour supercar too much. So they like wind tunnel tested. As a result, I don't know what you could put in there. Maybe lolly sticks. It's not the most practical profile, in. but yeah, we managed to get <laughs> sort the of. He, can, he, yeah. he 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 flat packs down quite well. There you go. What? Yeah, exactly. What an accessory. 1100 horsepower and a roof box.
3: Perfect. So I'm, practical I'm performance. <laughs> um, right, come right. on, Rowan. Can Next you continue one. your Well, streak? I remember... Uh, th- I thought this was a bit silly, but um, we drove the McLaren Elva last year or the year before. Mm. And I remember they... Uh, I don't believe them on this, Brilliant. but they said that they made specific aerodynamic helmets from Bell just for the Elva, basically because they hadn't put a windscreen on the car, and oh, they realised that you get sandblasted and? if you drive it. But then they have these special Bell helmets that then work with the aerodynamics of the car, so you're not
0: buffeted around. Yeah, yeah. and special ballistics grade glasses when you yeah. inevitably get a pebble in your eye, or Jack's don't out nerding you. This
1: is Should tremendous be. answer. <laughs> Great <laughs> <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> yeah i
0: wrote this before the elva came out so i'm afraid it's an incorrect
1: answer not on the Ooh, list that I'm might sorry, that,
0: but, when, when did you write it because that might affect my next answer actually uh i think this was first
1: written in 2019 has been updated with a few others since but yeah the elva just slightly missed the cut there I, mm, could i give you a clue there might be a mclaren on here maybe there's not that's not the f1 but yeah i just want to go back to those helmets just because yeah mclaren decided that the helmet had to be kind of spherical, didn't it? So you could turn your head, and then you'd be mm. able to turn your head back forward. So if you lent over towards to the passenger, you could rotate your head. But as a result, you end up
2: looking like a Pixar character when wearing them. It's it's not a. Have cool you ever look. driven uh, driven a car without a windscreen when you've been wearing a helmet? Yeah, because it is. It's a really odd feeling because quite
0: often you get the wind comes yeah. under your chin. That was, and then it sort of shakes your head around. It's mm. sort of. That's part of the design. There's a there's a little sort of gurney flap on it that gives mm. the he- helmet some downforce <laughs> it does so really? it stops yeah, otherwise you just get strangled by the chin yeah. strap yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got down it's an force, awful feeling and it makes you look like an absolute plonker wow well, who made the helmets? Bell there we are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nice right so I'm, go- I'm gonna alright Jack use your n- now newly armed with clues well, what can I'm, you tell I'm me? hoping that I-, I suppose this is a bit nouveau but I'm hoping it may have made the grade in the um when you updated the story so GT4 RS um came actually the new GT3 RS as well comes with the same thing but it's a Porsche design chronograph watch which is quite cool because it matches the spec of your car and then when you turn it around on the back it's got a matching alloy wheel on the back oh that sounds disgusting
1: I know <laughs> I didn't say I like I didn't say I wanted one matching car watches uh, something that I almost purged from this list yeah. and then I did include one but it wasn't the Porsche sorry oh, Jack God. what one was it answer on that well Go Ollie's on. still
0: got a guess you see yeah, so, yeah, so no, should you, we to you how competitions work you can't just give people the answers and then ask them for <laughs> everyone's <answers>. a winner
3: <laughs> 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 okay let's get Ollie um, if he's got anything and then you can give I, us the watch
2: I just want to I'm been I really want to know if anyone's fitted a tow bar as an option on a supercar and I cannot think of one that uh, that Has actually legally done it, but I just want to say tow bar, tow bar on a supercar. (laughs) Are we doing half points, gents? What do we think? Yes, we are. Give them a half. (laughs)
1: All right, we'll give them a half point then because Lamborghini offer a tow bar on the Urus. Ah, nice. No, well, I'm going to tilt myself supercar? at a half a point. It's not a supercar. <laughs> no, yeah, of yeah. course. It's an Audi Q7 with a pointy hat on. Yeah, But yeah, the Urus not only has a tow bar, but we towed another Lamborghini with it. Mm. Remember about that feature where we hooked up a Hurricane Performante Spider to the back of an Urus Ultimate two-car road trip? And um, it
3: went viral. It did exactly what we
0: wanted Yeah, we, we drove got, up the M1.
1: We got spotted, think, didn't we, on the yeah Paul, Howell,
0: yeah, Paul Howell got papped on the M1. <laughs> um, and we were like, no, no, that's our story. That's supposed to be secret yeah. for another two weeks. Yeah.
1: But,
3: so uh, yeah, what was the watch then? All right. There's lots of them. Speaking
1: but... of things that I can't pronounce, Bugatti, when the Veyron was around, commissioned something called the Parmi- Parmigiani Fleurier. Isn't that cheese? Yeah. Watch. Mm, sounds delicious. But this was a watch where people who've seen this online when it's a bizarre, ugly-looking thing, but the watch face itself, instead of kind of pointing up from your wrist it pointed sort of off towards your thumb and that meant that when your hands were on the steering wheel and you were doing 250 miles per hour in your Bugatti, and you couldn't really risk looking all the way down to your wrist to check the time you just flick your eyes and the, the the watch face is staring at you already convenience you see fantastic i've worn that watch
3: what Have yeah you? yeah how did you not guess it what? because <laughs> the bell helmet uh, <laughs> but it is actually I, i'm not a watch nerd but people are it is an amazing bit of design isn't it meant to mimic the engine as well the w16 at the same time in part of the design that's why it had a clear engine. but it is incredible oh, okay, yes so i was uh a story a couple of years ago there was a Veyron owner there who had it on his wrist at the same time who did tick that particular box i can't remember how many Tens of thousands, if not hundreds. If not I think it was in the
1: hundreds, but yeah, one of that. That's the watch I went for because it just seemed like the most outrageous, most recognisable. I'll rattle through a couple of others just in case listeners at home got a few. Um, Rolls Royce commissioned uh, fountain pens to go in their car. So. It's a supercar.
0: Is that a supercar?
1: A, Roll, a Rolls-Royce is a super... It's a supercar. It's a supercar. <laughs> got a V12 <laughs> engines. Do you know, they use them in music videos. That's a supercar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, McLaren F1. I mean, the owner's manual with its hand-drawn graphics and, you know, figs yeah. inside. I, that must have come a standard, though. Gordon Murray. Well, You've just lost a in the F1 game. <laughs> my favorite one, my absolute favorite one is no one, everyone seems to have forgotten this. Do you remember when the Zonda came out, the Pagani Zonda? You've got a pair of shoes made by the Pope's cobbler, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is just like, Harathia, why have you stopped this? Yeah. I want my Pope slippers. Yeah, yeah. I bet he hasn't stopped it. I bet you can still yeah, get some yeah, steampunk slippers. Nice, yeah. yeah, if yeah,
1: you yeah. want yeah.
3: them. So that's no,
1: yeah, yeah Pagani winkle pickers. Just
3: look for that one those for on stuff. eBay. And
0: what were the uh, eight other McLaren F1? things you had in there <laughs> oh that's
3: a whole nother podcast it's the toolkit isn't it it's the toolkit it? it's predictable
0: the, oh, <laughs> yeah. go right,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. the gold colored titanium nitrate spanners what was the com-
0: do you know the company that made them
1: uh it's uh, why was 10 tools full of wasn't it lists that i can't pronounce no, it's, it's ten- called
0: faycom faycom yeah i'm really so really company. really careful
1: how I pronounce that because it's a family podcast
0: so the same company is making tools for T50 as well. Yes. Oh.
3: Yes. I've so got two generations here of. Uh, right. you, he's McLaren F1, your T50 um,
1: knowledge. <laughs> so oh, right. Luckily, Gordon Murray listens to the podcast because he's been on it. So yeah. he'll have been shouting the answers at his
0: Alexa at home. Yes. yes. Perfect. Okay. So um, I think we'll leave it there from that quiz with more holes in it than. A game of Connect 4. Thanks for listening. Um, Don't forget, you can uh, check out topgear.com for loads more news and reviews and all sorts of um, stuff to read on there. We've got all our social channels. Rowan, rattle them off
3: uh instagram facebook twitter have you been on the internet jack TikTok. There. T- <laughs> Come t- t- on, the ticker tocker yes yeah, so i that's teed you well. up
0: and you you missed it
3: but also if you could rate and review the podcast it helps us be seen um wherever you can be seen i don't even think you can see audio but apparently you can be seen um but also there's lots and lots of videos on the youtube channel um including all the valkyrie goodness yeah so, uh, yes check and,
0: and and the pura Sangre review as well so Lots and lots of good video content. Lots of V12s. Lots of V12s. There's an Let's, electric future coming. Yeah, Let's get them so it enjoy it while them while, while we can. Enjoy them while we can. And of course, um, head to shops and you can pick up your uh, copy of the new magazine. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one. Or listen to you. Or we won't. I don't know. I've lost it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>